May your Mondays be magical. May your Tuesdays be terrific. May your Wednesdays be very well. And your Thursdays be thankful. May your Fridays be a fun day. May your Saturdays be super with 17 O's. May your Sundays be sparkly. Cause you choose them to be ba 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 ha 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 So out of the seven days of the week, which one of those days are you allowed to eat the foods that you love? Has somebody said to you, you can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have on perhaps six days of the week, but on the seventh day thou shalt cheat? <laughs> I'm sounding a little sarcastic because I have some questions about this thing called the cheat day and it's a very common phenomenon uh, when it comes to eating and people who want to be in great shape. There's a lot of advice that says eat this, 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 and this, very strict, very lean, very clean for six days, but on the seventh day, eat whatever you bloody well want. And it is, it's called a cheat day. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions about the cheat day. Uh, my first question is this. If you are in a relationship with a special person, and they said to you, six days a week, I'm going to be honest and truthful and faithful, and I'm going to look after you and love you and treat you really well. But on the seventh day, I'm going to cheat. What kind of relationship would that be with a person? Uh, how long would it last for is probably the most important question. Somebody who, and it sounds good though, doesn't it? Like it's mostly honourable and mostly kind and mostly... Uh, I'm not going to cheat on you, but one day a week I'm going to do whatever I want. And I don't think that relationship would last, uh, and that's just my personal opinion, I wouldn't be in a relationship like that. How about you? So what about our relationship with our food? If it's good, 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 and one day, is it bad? Is it cheating? And we actually call it a cheat day, which is a negative word, where you can eat bad foods. And I always ask this question, are there really good or bad foods? Or is it the amount in which we eat it? And I'll just park that question to the side for a minute. So the next question is, if you know or if you have in your headspace what's a good food and what's a bad food, and for six days a week you can't eat any bad foods, but on the seventh day you can, can I please ask, if you've ever done that, how that feels to eat all day stuff that is a bad food? How do you feel when you get to the end of the day? How do you feel the next day? Uh, and this really interesting question, let's just say you've got a block of chocolate. Now that's a decent sized chocolate, you could probably give yourself a big bruise over the head if you hit yourself with it. Uh, and it's got a fair few calories in it, it's probably 3,000 all up if you look at the calorie count in the large Toblerone chocolate. Uh, if you had a couple of pieces of that every day, every day, seven days, because you love chocolate. So you included your favorite foods, the foods that you love to eat. What if you woke up every day knowing that you could have them? You could have a piece of chocolate every day. You could have a glass of wine every day. You could have some snack food every day. You could have lollies every day. You could have some kind of takeaway food every day. Uh, and for some people that sounds almost like I'm swearing or it's blasphemous. How can you eat rubbish food, junk food, takeaway food, low nutritious food every single day? And my question is always this, there's mental health and physical health. And which one is more important? And is it possible that they're both just as important as each other? 
So if I don't have, don't have, don't have, don't have, don't have for six days, is it possible that on the seventh day, my cheat day, I end up eating more of the stuff that I can't have because I couldn't have it? And that's just a question I'd like to throw out there. Then if I eat the stuff that I think is a bad food and it feels okay because somebody said it's all right on that day, but if you overload your body with lollies and chocolates and cakes and biscuits and takeaway food and hot chips and McDonald's and KFC one day a week, how do you feel at the end of that day? Uh, I, I don't know because I, I have never been able to understand this concept and I'm not, t I'm not telling and I will ne certainly never tell. My question is, uh, is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. I just don't understand it. And from a psychology point of view, and having worked with people for most of my career path who had a very poor relationship with food, and I always rephrase that because usually the poor relationship was with themselves, and it just manifests itself with their relationship with food. So they didn't like themselves very much. People who uh, didn't want to eat food because they wanted to be in control of their life and have something to be in control of, or people who just ate and ate and ate and ate and became obese or morbidly obese because food was controlling their life because they were using food as a comfort, as a stress reliever, as something in their life that gave them some kind of pleasure because they weren't getting pleasure from any other area in their life. And what those people have always shared with me, because I've always taken uh, a relationship with yourself and a relationship with your food, and I, I share this because I love food and I love exercise and I want everybody to be healthy. And when you work with people who have such a poor relationship with food, I always want to find out why. Why is it that you hate food so much or you eat an obsessive amount of food until you become ill because of it? And it's always had something to do with, and there's all different reasons for both of those, whether it's anorexia, bulimia, or obesity, but it's always had something to do with there's good foods and bad foods. And if I eat a bad food, I feel bad, I feel guilty, I feel uh, like I'm, I'm not deserving of, of some, for some people will even share with me, I'm not deserving of living or being on the planet because I eat bad food. And other people, as I shared, will eat an enormous amount of food knowing or thinking that it's a bad food, almost because they're trying to punish themselves or hurt themselves, or some people share with me they're trying to become morbidly obese to protect themselves from something that's happened to them in the past. These are all very poor relationships with food. And I've made a commitment as an exercise professional that I obviously would, lo would love to help people that have a poor relationship with food uh, because I've got such a great one. But I have learned the very hard way that I'm not sure that any of those can be really sorted. Uh, it was recommended to me at one stage by a top-level psychiatrist that, Roa, you're working with people who are... Uh, the headspace can be uh, assimilated with being an alcoholic or a drug addict. Uh, the people that are eating or have a poor relationship with food, they're eating too much or not eating enough, it's, a, it's like an addiction. Now with alcohol, if you're an alcoholic, you have to stop drinking alcohol. You can't have a little bit. Uh, if you are a drug addict, you can't every so often take drugs. It's either an all or nothing. But with food, of course, that's not the case. With food, uh, you have to eat food. So how do we how do we have a great relationship with our food if we've with at one stage we we hate it uh, we we hate ourselves for eating it we feel guilty about having it and the reverse of that is I don't want to eat food because I want to be in control of the food 
and I'm not going to eat food, and the less food I eat, the better. And if I, and this is the really sad one, I actually want to eat it, but I won't. I'm in control. So I, I want to eat it. I know how many calories are in it. I know how many fat grams are in it. I know how much food, energy or food that, uh, how much energy that food's going to give me, but I don't want to eat it because I want to be in control of what's going on in my life. And all of those things, of course, are not natural reactions to food. Food is just meant to be either a fuel or, or a pleasure or both. And wouldn't that be nice? Uh, so I always am very uh, careful, extremely careful with things that push people towards the end of that emotional eating scale, which is food controlling your life. Remember, the emotional eating scale is zero as you have a logical relationship with food. You eat when you're hungry, you stop eating when you're full, you enjoy all the foods that you love. Uh, the concept of a cheat day doesn't make any sense when you're at zero on the emotional eating scale because it's not logical. This is the logical end. So logically, if you want to have a chocolate, you'd have one. If you want a glass of wine, you'd have one. If you are hungry, you would eat food. If you're full, you stop eating food. That's the logical part of the emotional eating scale. At the other end is the emotional end where food is controlling your life and it's all about emotion. So when I talk about words like guilt and anger and frustration and annoyance and I feel bad about myself and I hate myself and I want to, uh, and all of the, I will share, this is a very personal thing, but a lot of people that are at 10 on the emotional eating scale where food is controlling their life and they have become anorexic or bulimic or obese, also become self-harmers. They cut themselves, they burn themselves, they throw up, they, they do things to themselves because they don't like who they are. And every person that I've worked with that's at that emotional eating scale where food's controlling their life, and then they are either anorexic, bulimic, or morbidly obese, the challenge there, of course, is that that is a horrible place to live. And they've all shared with me that they wish they were never there and they don't know how to get out of there. And I'll share again, I don't know how to get them out of there either. I just want to love people who are, who are having a tough time and... and I think exercise, of course, is a, a major benefit for that because when you exercise, you pump happy drugs into your brain rather than those those neurochemicals that make you feel bad. So I'm looking for ways to never push people down to that emotional end of the eating scale where food's controlling their life. And again, I don't know if I can help. But what about our kids? We, we get into the habit, don't we? And I hear it all the time, and I've got to be careful because I don't have any kids. But I hear parents say, don't eat that, it's bad for you. Or you can't have that, it's got too much sugar in it. Or see what's happened to you, you've had some sugar, and now you're running around like a crazy person. Uh, you, can, you can eat that after you've eaten your veggies because your veggies are good, but that's bad. You can't have that because that's going to make you sick. All sorts of things, labels that we put on food. And is it possible that if we are fit and strong, if we have a healthy mindset, if the neurochemistry of our brain is dopamine, reward drug, serotonin, satisfaction drug, endorphins, which are happy drugs that have painkillers attached, all of the, the neurotransmitters that are produced by a healthy, fit, strong body that exercises at high intense activity, lifts heavy things, gets strong, gets fit, and is a healthy body... Uh, that body is capable of burning up whatever you put into it for a start. So if you eat sugar, your body will automatically want to move because sugar is the all-carbohydrate, which is what another name for sugar, 
is a movement macronutrient. So when you eat carbohydrate, the body says, okay, I'm full of, you filled up my carbohydrate stores, that's for movement, let's go. And not just for a walk, but let's sprint, let's punch, let's kick, let's do some high intense activity. And of course, when you do that high intense activity, you have a brain filled up with dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, brain drive neurotrophic factors, so you think more clearly. Uh, if you don't have those neurochemicals in the right balance, uh, that seems to be, and again, I'm talking directly from the psychologists, neuroscientists, and, and psychotherapists, uh, and the people who really understand how the brain works, will all share that those when you've got an imbalance of those chemicals, that's when we start having psychological challenges with food, with self-image, with um, self-harming. And I just have, I feel like I have a responsibility as an exercise professional to never push people down that end, which is why I would never say can't have, mustn't have, don't have, there's a bad food. Because too many of my clients have shared with me that when they eat bad food, because they think it's bad food, because that's what they, they now believe or are convicted about, they feel like they're a bad person. So they feel guilty, they feel angry, they feel disempowered, they hate themselves. The reverse is I can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have. I love all these foods, but I can't have them. So now I'm frustrated and angry and annoyed, which is what often what happens when people are put into that 6-1 balance where can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have for six days. So I'm frustrated and annoyed and I wish I could have a chocolate. I wish I have a glass of wine. I wish, I wish, I wish. And then on the seventh day, the cheat day, they have a whole pile of it and then feel disgusting and feel fat and feel angry and feel guilty because they ate too much food. And I just don't want that for anybody. Is it possible that food is meant to be enjoyed every day? What if every day we woke up enjoying all the foods that we eat? No good foods, bad foods. No can't have, mustn't have, don't have. Just eat what you enjoy Eat for performance, of course. We can't expect our body to perform if the only food we put into it is alcohol, chocolates, lollies, and biscuits, of course. And that's not logical, and that's the point of the emotional eating scale. When you're at the logical end, you don't think to yourself, I'm going to eat lollies all day, or I'm going to drink alcohol all day, or I'm going to eat chocolate all day, because that's not logical. The logical brain says, I need the right fuel for the right activity. I need carbohydrate for moving, I don't want to have too much fat on my body, so I don't want to eat too much fat because that wouldn't be logical. I need to have protein because I want to have nice hair and skin and nails and strong bones and strong teeth and a body that can hold me in the upright position and my body's made of protein. So the logical brain says, yes, let's have some fat, let's have some carbohydrate, let's have some protein. But a logical brain doesn't even think like that. It just says, let's have some food. Let's eat when we're hungry. Let's stop eating when we're full. Let's enjoy all our foods. And if we don't like something, why would we eat it? Why would we waste a spare part of our tummy on food that we don't like when we want to put food in there that we do like? Every day. Imagine never having to diet again. Imagine never having to go on the Monday roller coaster. So there's two parts. There's six days shalt thou not, and on the seventh day thou shalt cheat. Or there's the... <laughs> Uh, the very interesting diets of never, 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 never. So there's not even a cheat day. So you can never again have any of the foods that you love. Uh, does that make any sense? Uh, what about we focus on the logic? What about we focus on the, the pleasure, the mental health, and the performance? And what if we wake up every day enjoying our food and enjoying our exercise, making sure that our body's healthy, fit, and strong, so that it can burn up everything that we put into it? 
Uh, and I will ask the question again. If you want to have a great relationship with anybody, if you want to have a great relationship with your food, if you want to have a great relationship with your exercise, wouldn't it be a great idea to be 100% committed 100% of the time? No six days on, one day off. Uh, some people, and it's become a, an interesting fad now, eat one day, don't eat the next day. Uh, could that promote eat too much on one day because you know you're going to be starving the next day? There's a lot of intermittent fasting diets on where you don't eat for long periods of time. And you know, if you're not hungry, why would you eat? But if you're really starving hungry and you can't eat for another three, four, seven, ten hours, what's going on in your headspace? Could that become an a emotional relationship with food rather than a logical relationship with food? If I want a great relationship with a person, with my exercise, with my food, wouldn't it be great if I had a 100% rock-solid, uh, fun, happy relationship, seven days, 24 hours for the rest of my life? So here's my wish, and I, I use wish very carefully because wishing doesn't usually happen, and I don't know if this can ever happen, so that's why I'm using the word. I wish that everybody could wake up every day with a stack of energy, excited about living their day, eat the foods that you love, don't eat the foods that you don't love, eat when you're hungry, stop eating when you're full, drink when you're thirsty, stop drinking when you're not thirsty, sleep when you're tired, wake up when you're not tired anymore, refreshed and ready to go again, and live every single day as a fit, strong, healthy human being who has a body that can burn everything that you put into it so you don't get sick. Your body can fight germs, bugs, viruses and diseases because you've got a strong immune system because you've got strong bones, you've got strong muscles, you've got heart and lungs that circulate vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals and uh, antioxidants throughout your body. You eat the, the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals and antioxidants that you need without putting stuff into your body that you don't like and for your mental health you always put foods into your body that you really enjoy. And the beautiful thing about that fit, strong, healthy body is it, it won't cheat on you if you don't cheat on it. It's my favorite philosophy for life. Look after your body and your body will look after you. If you keep your mind healthy, fit and strong and your body healthy, fit and strong, you put the right fuel in and you do the right amount of activity. And of course, that get puffed to get fit, lift heavy to get strong, eat foods that you love, don't eat foods that you don't love. And is it possible that all of that could come together as a beautiful picture that looks like this? Wake up every day for the rest of your life. No diets, no can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, no guilt, no anxiousness about what I can and can't eat. Just a healthy relationship with your food, with your exercise, with your own self. And here's a really great question. Wouldn't you love to look in the mirror and love the body that you see and love the person that's living inside that body? And how can that possibly happen if we cheat 